On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Well, this Second Shot podcast is actually uh, inspired by a podcast that I found somehow. I don't know if you guys are like me, where you're just kind of listening and you go from one thing to one thing to one thing to the next, and you, and you come across something that you're like, wow, I think I was really meant to hear this show. And I found the host's story so interesting and intriguing and her perspective to be so unique. I knew she had to be a guest for us here on this show on Second Shot, and it will also, of course, be featured on TV on CW33. And she is Lori Carey. She's the host of the I'm Dying to Tell You podcast. So she's somebody who was told she is dying. And, um, you know, and, and I'll let her explain, but really, you know, told by the medical community, you're, you know, your days are numbered. And so she has chosen to be really deliberate with how she is spending those days. She's currently living with ALS. And I want to welcome Lori to the show. Good to see you, Lori. Oh, good to see you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. Like I said, I can't even recall yeah. like how I came across your show and your your feed and your Instagram, but I just thought it was a perspective that we hadn't highlighted here before. We talk about people who've had second shots. When I think about mm. your second shot, it was like you, you I, I can only imagine life has been before that diagnosis and after. So can you talk about when you, when you found out that you were living with ALS and that, and that your life would be changing? Yeah, I was 37. I was really active. Um, I had two boys in middle school, 11 and 13 at the time, and I thought I had arthritis because I was having trouble opening up water bottles and um, some other little things that were going on, and um, what was really ironic is I was in a really bad car accident, and I was hit by a semi on the highway. I ended up on the other side of the highway facing traffic and I went to the doctor as a result of that just to get checked out. I wasn't hurt, but I thought, you know what, I should go in. And while I was there, I mentioned, by the way, I've been having trouble opening water bottles, uh, having these little uh, twitches, and you know, do you know what that can be? You know, arthritis. and. That was the beginning of a series of appointments that actually led me to a diagnosis of ALS, a fatal disease with no cure. And how long ago was that, Lori? In about two weeks, it'll be 18 years. Wow. So 18 years from Friday the 13th, when they told me you have two to five years to live. They said yeah. you have two to five years. It's been 18. What was your mm -hmm. mindset? You've got two, you've got, I mean, small yeah. children, um, 
really just sort of in the, the prime of your life as a mother and yeah. in terms of raising them. So those, those just those really critical years. Um, what was your next step after that? Well, as a mom, my first instinct was, you know, we figured out what was going on and then everything shifted to the boys. You know, at 11 and 13, how is this going to affect them? How are they going to react? Um, I remember walking from the neurologist's office. It was in the basement. And we took the elevator up. And within that little ride, I was thinking, the whole world is going to change, including mine. And I remember walking outside after we got up to the main level. And it was on a university campus, and everyone was walking by. People were walking their dogs. And it was in that instant that I was like, no, the world's not going to stop. Um, you're going to have to live life um, because the world isn't going to stop even though you feel like it should have. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of knew right away that I would live life. You know, at that time we thought a couple years, um, just live it um, the most that we could. And did yeah. you tell the boys? Well, <laughs> we went for uh, two other opinions before my husband, we sat them down, but I couldn't talk. My husband told them, I cried, and uh, you know, he sat them down. And at that age, they were looking at me like, you know, you look okay, we're not really sure. And it wasn't until a couple days later that they asked my husband, are you telling us that mom is gonna die? You know, um, so. Oh my gosh, and, and, yeah. and what did he say? Yeah, he said, yeah, um, you know, in a couple of years, uh, same thing that Lou Gehrig had, um, but we're gonna, um, approach life the way that we always have and continue life as normal and make the best of it. And I think it was a couple months later, they actually said, we want to do something to help. We want to do something. And they started their own Kids for Care platform. And since then, they've raised over a million dollars for uh, research. So it's given them something to pour their heart and soul into and feel like they're not sitting back and not doing anything. Incredible yeah. that they they went into action like that. Um, yeah. My gosh, so they're, they're, they're adults now. Yeah, they're 29 and 31. <laughs> and, and you were yeah. able to be with them through their childhood. Yeah. Do you, um, w w gosh, what is, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, Lori. Like, why, why 
Do you think that that prediction was so off, or do you think that you beat the odds or are beating the odds with regard to how many years they told you that you would be able to be there as a, a wife and a mom? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely beating the odds. Uh, typically, it is uh, two to five years, and I don't know why. Um, you know, I've always tried to stay active and do what I can and really focus on the blessings that I have. And I don't do anything different uh, than anyone else. So I, you know, it's, it's a God thing. Like, uh, he's given me the opportunity to highlight others with this disease and bring awareness uh, to ALS in a way that has really never been done. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, both yeah. you and, and your children. How did you um, how did you start to I mean, I, I just think about like, if, if I got that, I would think immediately like, okay, well, I need to like, write down everything I need to make sure, you know, my daughter has every lesson that I would ever want to tell her you know, yeah. for after that three years. So did yeah. you do that or did you just say, okay, I'm gonna just live as long as I can? Yeah, um, I feel like I'm always full of advice. <laughs> and, and as my sons get older, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> uh, you know, but I talk about a lot, a lot of life lessons, you know, throughout the podcast. I'm also, bringing them examples of how to be a fighter, how to look at the bright side in the dark days, you know, um, how to persevere through the guests that I talk to in my podcast. And um, they're surrounded by uh, really good role models on how to live this life the best that they can. And both of them are doing that. So as a mom, like, that's all you want. Yeah, I heard, I heard you mention yeah. faith, and so it sounds like you're rooted mm -hmm. in that. I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm wanting to know how to not live in a state of panic. If, if that, that would be like the emotion that would come over me, like panic, like I need to get everything done, I need to, you know, just, like write everything down, save every picture, create an album for whatever I may may miss. Um, but it seems like you really, um, you seem to be so rooted and so grounded and not in a state of panic. Were you ever in a state of panic or have you always been this way, Lori? Um, I think I've always been that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a choice, you know. You can be in the chaos or you can live in the calmness and allow yourself to learn and grow and be blessed by even the tough stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a choice. Yeah, I, I feel like mm -hmm. I glossed over ALS and took for granted that, that people know what it is, but in your experience, how has it impacted you? We know that it is terminal, we know there is no cure, we know you're sweet children have raised a million dollars for that effort, but it's still something that's being efforted. How has it impacted yeah. you physically? Oh, okay, so um, 
I had mentioned that I was having trouble opening water bottles. So it's primarily uh, in my hands. Um, I have very limited use and uh, strength in my hands and my uh, shoulders. So I can't really lift my arm up over my head. And um, my diaphragm is actually pretty weak. So that was another thing when I decided to start a podcast, I was using a amplifier a lot of the time to be heard. And I thought, why am I starting a podcast using my voice when it's failing, you know, and not really strong. And then I thought, no, I think God is telling me that's the purpose. That's the reason um, it doesn't have to be perfect to get a message across. And um, so now um, there are a lot of times it's pretty strong, but if I'm tired or not feeling well and it's hard, to get the volume up and out. So, uh, but it's worked out pretty well. And um, because my diaphragm is weak, I had a feeding tube placed about five years ago because when you get to a certain point, they won't do surgery. So I have that as well. But I can do a lot of things on my own. Uh, if I go for a long walk, I use a walker. I'm very cautious and not afraid uh, for help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it ha has that shifted how you seek out help? I'm just thinking about even just the getting ready for this interview. You know, yeah. you've got ready so beautifully and it was something that mm -hmm. I even in asking you to do the interview didn't even consider about no. the effort that would go into even preparing for something like this so who so who helps you who's kind of like on, <laughs> on your team there my husband he washes my hair he knows my hair he colors my hair <laughs> it looks really good Lori he, he's doing Thank a great you. job <laughs> yeah so um, yeah it's different I mean you know, there's some times where I'm like, I feel like an annoying child. Like, can you do this? Can you open this? Can you help me with this? Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I'm so grateful to have the abilities and the independence that I still have, you know. So. And so how does it work medically now? Do you keep going back to the doctor, you know, do you, what, what's, what's sort of like a, a treatment protocol or I know there's no treatment, but, but what is that medical experience like now? Yeah. Um, well, I check in with the ALS clinic every six months and it's a check-in. I mean, there's really nothing they can do. Um, there's only a couple medicines and I quit taking one of them years ago because it was affecting my liver mm -hmm. and uh, no one thought oh, we need to take it for 18 years um, and I haven't seen a difference and then there's another one available but 
because my diaphragm is where it's at. It's really not optimal for me. So um, I take a lot of vitamins and uh, that's about it. I check in every six months uh, with a team of PT, OT, speech, uh, you know, neurologist to see what I might need. And um, that's about it, yeah. Interesting. So then outside of that, you're living your life, you're doing your best, you're experiencing life yeah. the best you can. Prior to this yeah. diagnosis, did you work um, inside the home or outside the home? Oh, I worked. Um, I was a national account manager in the uh, consumer products world. So my last job, I was with ConAgra Foods, selling Chef Boyardee ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so yeah, I worked, I traveled, um, I worked a lot, and uh, it was a tough decision to leave, but I'm really happy that I did. It's opened up a lot of time and space for um, family, friends, relationships, and all that good stuff. Yeah, talk about leaving that job and experience that or making that decision again given the the mindset the frame of mind that you were thinking gosh it could just be dealing with two years where you've been you've gotten 18 so you know and counting I should say um, yeah. but what what went into that decision what were sort of like the factors yeah well my husband was like you should quit right away <laughs> but he was also like we should get our money out we should travel but I ended up working for three years after I was diagnosed and we kept life normal, like the same, because I thought that was the best for the kids. Mm. Uh, one was in theater and one was in hockey and, you know, I didn't want them to miss out on what they were passionate about. So I continued to work and uh, yeah, three years and we tried to keep it as normal as possible until one day I woke up and said, okay, <laughs> I'm ready, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you were working to help pay for all the extracurriculars that they wanted to do, is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot, all of those things. Yeah, and you're kind of thinking, okay, well, I'm being optimistic. I'm, were, were you thinking, were you in your mind like, oh, you say three years, I'm, I'm like not listening to that. W what was your mindset when they... I just never know how I feel about that. When they give people a certain amount of years, then again, we always want that. I think I thought that, but I didn't uh, focus on it. I really was so engrossed in watching over my sons and what they were going through and how they were reacting day after day that I didn't I didn't really focus on it yeah you just kept going mm-hmm yeah you kept going then you raised them they're doing their thing they're on their own mm -hmm. and then in the midst of all of this you decide to start a podcast which is somebody who 
who does one um, works in media yeah. I know how time-consuming it is I know how how much it can pull from your own individual emotions even and your own individual like you know one only has so much capacity to give and in doing your podcast mm -hmm. you are giving so what made you decide to um, you know do that and give back to the world in this way yeah when I hit my 15 years living with ALS I was like what should I be doing with this extra time mm -hmm. like I really felt that I was given the extra time for a reason and I wanted to make sure I was honoring that extra time and I thought about all of the people who had encouraged me and lifted me up over the years and how good that felt and how much it meant to me and I thought I want to share that with other people and then of course educate about ALS along the way so the podcast isn't an ALS podcast I talk to a lot of people that have ALS I talk to a lot of people that don't but it's more about watching people ordinary people go through the toughest times of their life but yet pulling out the blessings, the life lessons that we can all learn from. Mm -hmm. And the people that I have connected with or gotten to know better has been everything to me. Um, yeah. It sounds like your world has really expanded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to a uh, 10-year-old Kennedy from Michigan who was diagnosed with ALS at seven. Mm. And to hear her tell me, you know, we're all the same. Even if you have a prosthetic leg or you use a wheelchair, we're all the same. We should be kind to each other, you know. And um, my friend, Yuri, who is completely paralyzed, unable to walk, talk, and move on her own. And she is 36. But she wrote a book about finding true happiness and she means every word of it mm. you know it's like it just goes on and on um, the people that have come out and to share their story and their heart sure. uh, to everyone yeah you've been abundantly generous in creating a, a podcast like that for people to go to. I would love to hear your personal <laughs> advice on how people can find light in the darkest mm -hmm. of dark times, regardless of what that darkness is for them. Yeah. Stop 
and open up your eyes, open up your heart, look around. And at the end of every podcast, I say, you are loved and not alone. And know that. Um, And know that whatever it is, that you have a story that is important and valuable to everyone. Um, I talk to a lot of people who can barely get the words out or they use a speech generating device because they don't have the ability to talk. But sometimes it's not pretty, but their voice is important and everyone should be heard. Um, It brings a lot of healing when you tell your story and know that you are being heard and um, are blessing other people in ways that you might not even know. Of course, no, of, of course. And I wanna hear more, just focusing in really on your personal story. What is, do you have a certain morning routine or regimen or a way to stay positive or a way to stay faithful? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I wake up every morning and I thank God for the ability to open my eyes and to get out of bed, even if it's not easy, um, on my own and for the opportunity to have another day here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I so appreciate that. And I think that that's valuable information. I don't take it lightly that it's, um, I, I know it's not easy to get, it's like you're doing your own podcast, you're coming on our show, you're continuing to spread Aww. these messages and I don't take it lightly. I sincerely appreciate it. What is next mm-hmm. for you, Lori? What's, uh, I know back in the day, your husband wanted to go take out all the money and go traveling. So <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you guys up to in the near future here? Oh, well, hopefully, hopefully this will be the year of getting back on the road. I mean, we're in Florida right now and um, it's been really, really nice to go outside, take the walk or walk around, um, you know, just be outside instead of in the cold snow. And um, I have one son that lives in New York and one that lives in Austin. And um, I hope to get back to my, I do a mom's week where I'll spend one-on-one time with them, either wherever they live or we'll go on a trip. And I'll get back to that. And um, yeah, just traveling and um, making memories together. Yeah, my, my goodness, you know, I didn't even think about that for you with traveling. I, I'm assuming, are you considered immunocompromised in this time that we're in right now? So that's probably been Oh, tough. yeah. Oh, yeah. The day I launched my podcast, actually, yeah, the week I launched my podcast was when everything shut down. And it was good for me because I couldn't go anywhere. So I was at home and I do everything on my own. I have taught myself how to record and edit and upload and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not, I'm not really a tech expert. 
So, um, you know, it's taken a, a little bit, but uh, it's, it gave me something positive to focus on during those isolation uh, periods. Mm-hmm. Yes, most yeah. certainly. Well, I mean, kudos to you for figuring all of that out because this has been my <laughs> profession for like I don't even know, like almost two decades, and I'm just now mm -hmm. learning how to upload everything. So it's 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 a lot. Yes, it really is. Well, Lori, please share with everybody where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, etc. Because I have I've thoroughly enjoyed so many episodes, and I'm I really am a big fan. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, you can find the podcast. I'm dying to tell you. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, I have a website, I'm dying to tell you, podcast, and um, I'm on social media pretty much everywhere at I'm dying to tell you podcast as well. Yeah. Lori, Carrie, you're a rock star and a gem, Ooh. and I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for the yeah. time. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my appreciate pleasure. It. So you guys, here's the deal. We'll, we'll link up. I'm dying to tell you podcast.com. Also, you know, you can find us at secondshotpodcast.com and these, uh, the TV versions of these come out every Thursday on CW33 and we are so, uh, so glad to be able to do that and to put out positive content out into the world. It's a huge goal of mine. Uh, if you enjoyed it all, please leave a rating or review and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.